of the Get Smoked MMA podcast, ladies and gentlemen, but let's be honest, it's mostly just gentlemen and mostly just my friends. I hope you're all doing well on this. It's only like six as I'm recording this, but feels much later. They feel uh, a little down today, if I'm being entirely honest, not that this is like some therapeutic thing for me at all but um yeah we're here again as i like to say pretty much every episode in some form or fashion back in the mma sphere the mma verse as it were and boy it was a good one last week wasn't it folks very good card coming off another good pay-per-view this time we paid uh, put that in uh, air quotes again there, people. But, um, yeah, really good card. I guess I'm having an okay week. Um, nothing too horrible is happening at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, kind of just stuck in a pattern of doing things. I don't know how to get out of it really so that's the main problem I feel like I'm having in that and also holding myself accountable for things but I don't really know why I'm discussing this on an MMA podcast specifically geared towards like picking the outcomes of fights and stuff but hey maybe you'll have some wisdom and you won't be like my friends or family <laughs> I've already talked to this about but anyways as we do here's the my little cold open that I do and then we go into my little disclaimer here where I talk about how I have no formal MMA or martial arts training I don't I'm not affiliated with any gym or Excuse me, folks, would it be trying to open up maybe some hazelnut wafers here But while I talk? But, um, uh, no gym affiliation, no, I'm not affiliated with any, like, website or analysts or anything like that. I'm not following whatsoever. And here we are. I just read, I've been following the sport for, like, 15 years as a fan, and I just decided one day I wanted to start talking about it on a podcast because I like talking about this sport, and here we are. And with that said, I'd like to 
Uh, I think it's important to keep a respectful tone, especially when I'm not a partic active participant in combat sports in any way. But that criti but that respectfulness not levied to every single person in combat sports. And, you know, that crossroad will be, you know, get there. We'll discuss that when it comes. But anyways... Our first segment, as we do, is the recap. And it will be a heck of a recap. Honestly, I'm going to try and keep things short today. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I hate to say this, but I'm just not. Uh, uh, I want to keep doing the podcast. It's just, I don't know. My, I'm. How else is it other than to say I'm just lazy? So I want to keep doing this. I want to be consistent with it. So, yeah. I don't know. I kind of tailed off there. I kind of forgot my thought. But anyways, we'll get into the recap. In the first segment here, we want to keep things kind of quick today. But, yeah. So, reviewing... Covington versus Usman, top to bottom, next. He gonna get smoked. He gonna get smoked. He got nothing left fire in his chest. So we're back in uh, our act, too. Uh, so, as we do, Roger jokes. Super exciting card. Another exciting pay-per-view uh, with uh, exciting and, you know, fights to care about really is the important thing. Like, you know, someone who's doing a podcast like me, who's just a fan who makes no money off this and really is, you know, I, mean, I do some, a little bit of betting here and there, but makes no real living out, out of like watching a ton of MMA fights, like I could see like fight nights just wearing on you and stuff. It's like not being able to choose what to do with your Saturday night or whatever. But yeah, this is definitely one where like if you're a fan of MMA or even just a casual fan, you probably enjoyed this one. But getting into it, our top to bottom format, Revolutionary amongst the amongst the uh, analysts out here, but we'll start with a catchweight bout between Ode Osborne and CJ Vigera. CJ Vigera is catchweight because CJ Vigera missed weight and he tried to cheat scale using the towel as leverage. But yeah, close bout. I picked Vigera. Uh, to kind of just like surprise Osborne in the first round. Didn't happen. Um, thought Figueroa could have still won this down the stretch. Like I said, it was super close. Uh, O'Day seemed to have like the cleaner, straighter punches and uh, overall just had the snappier strikes. But like when CJ landed, they were like clubbing blows, if that makes any sense. He was really just like slinging bungalows. And if he landed, they were hurting, and Ode was crisper, but got tired towards the end there of the 
fight or even in the third round. It's just going to need in the body a ton. And that I think it was, somebody scored it a 30-20. No, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. I could have sworn somebody had scored it at 30-27, though. Anyways, I guess good bounce back win for O'Day Osborne. Two contender series guys going at it on the USC stage. I guess this is the proper placement on the card for them. So, next fight: Melsic Bogdazarian versus Bruno Souza. I mean, I feel like I had a really good read on this one, even though I had not really seen much footage on Souza. He's young, tough, and trained by Leoto Machida. And Melsic Bogdazarian is a more traditional kickboxer and like a tank of a human being. And Bruno was tough enough to take his shots and like even threatening at some points because he was uh, using his distance and footwork well at times, but in spots, very spotty. But he was definitely getting the worst of the exchanges. And then looking at this 29-28 and uh, Agnesarian must have given up the third round or something. Um, but yeah, Suzo missed weight. This was like a her Suzo's style is also one of those styles where it's like can be very deceiving. I think to the judges because he his front like had tore up in the first round. It was destroyed. But yeah, good win for Agnesarian. I'm a big mark for that guy. Hope he can get away from Edmund. We'll talk about that. Uh, Dustin Jacoby defeats John Allen. I mean, everyone on their mother had Dustin Jacoby winning this fight. It's just, um, I thought John Allen did a better job than I thought he would. Uh, it's not much else to say. Uh, John Allen came in with like more brawling type of style and Jacoby is a kickboxer and out kickboxed them. So there you go. That's pretty much all I have to say about that one. And then we move on to the people's main event. Chris Barnett defeats John Vellante via TKO spinning wheel kick. And people, I told you to jump on this one all the way. If you didn't, I feel sorry. I don't feel sorry for you, bud. Honestly, that guy announces his retirement post-fight. Gotta tell you, was a little nervous when Chris Barnett's doing it uh, literally the entire, a whole bunch of dances on his way to the cage. I'm like, this guy's gonna gas. Nope. Not tons of action. Mostly just kicks from both men in the first round, which we all love to see in heavyweight bouts. Second round, definitely see Chris Barnett start uh, mixing up his kicks or at least putting his hands together a little bit more. And then that I thought no one was ready for that wheel kick, you know, in Vaughn. I was watching it with people. They said it was an early stoppage, but no, dude. It's like Vellante didn't even want to be there. So, like, ridiculous. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous in every way, so. The butt flop, everything. Good win for Chris Burnett. Glad for him to get a win. Glad for Vlante to, you know, do something else, man. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do this life anymore, which is entirely fine. I, 
nobody there are a lot of people who don't want to do it at all so and act like they're tough guys so great win for Barnett we'll be showing that one you got the 50k they handed out a lot of 50k bonuses tonight or that night so I want to be quick Ian Gary uh, his debut was a little scary against <laughs> Jordy, Jordan Williams, but gets the KO. I mean, he was getting touched up a lot by Jordan Williams and just lands this fucking picture-esque McGregor-esque, like, opposite, you know. It's the, you know, just Jordan Williams overextends and gets hit with a right hand that looks like that left, and you know, Ian Gary goes and cuts the exact same promos as Connor. I mean, the exact he's word for word. He's telling you that what Connor is. This is what Connor said. It's like Ian Gary, come on, dude. I know he's your countryman, and I know, but like, he's still like an active fighter. Like, I don't know. Save for MMA. Will do wonders for Gary when it comes to his kickboxing, but he was definitely touchable and hurtable. But, you know, exciting win for USA d- debut. Uh, not necessarily. Jordan, I mean, Jordan Williams looked like in fantastic condition, too. So don't want to discredit him in any way either. And we have Shabazian. Getting defeated by Nasruddin Inuvov via crucifix in the second round here. And, I mean, Inuvov is moving up the division, but he's doing it against now uh, people who are essentially completely figured out. And I don't want to discredit Inuvov in that way, but. Jeez, dude. Shubazian initiating grappling exchanges in the first round. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's going to lose. And he did? I'm like, holy sh... Oh my god, that was terrible. A lot of... It's just like, why wouldn't you just try and stand at range range and box? It wasn't like Imovov was... Throwing the nastiest strikes in the world. I know it was fairly even on the feet. And I know Imanvoff was edging him out. I'm not being unreasonable there. But I don't think it's unreasonable to say that Shabazian could have changed the tide as the fight went on. If they kept it. If he had tried to just keep it a striking bout. So just hit these takedowns, get into guillotine scenarios, and I don't know, man. That was just... I don't think either of those guys rode anywhere. Even Buff, either. He's going to run into somebody who's going to not stop him, but, I mean, he got beat by Phil Hawes, who was, you know, moving on. I picked Phil... Oh, I should be going through this a little bit more. Going back, pick Bogdasar, pick Jacoby, pick Chris Burnett, pick Ian Gary, pick Shabazian, picked Phil Hawes here. He gets KO'd, but I told you people, uh, Phil Hawes is going to get tired. He's going to lose his confidence, but it's not necessarily the narrative of what happened. Kind of just one strike, cha- I mean, absolutely changed everything. I thought 
you know, the money was going to be on Chris Curtis later on, and it really wasn't. And, uh, I mean, Chris Curtis was getting his ass whooped. Absolutely getting torched. And then he lands one left hand that absolutely puts Phil Haas on skates towards the end of the first round and then lands another one and puts him on his back and walks away and the ref stops it. So Phil Haas looked really, really good until he got KO'd. I will say that. Like finding his range and stuff. Very comfortable. Never seen it. Never seen him so comfortable. And then to see him get knocked out was very Phil Haas. But great win for Chris Curtis. The action man gets in the USC finally. But here we go. Bobby Green absolutely styles on Al Kinta. And I mean, Al brought this on himself. Uh, a read that I felt like I heard that. Really, uh, you know, that I heard from the Viva section, which is, you know, Zane Simon, Connor Rebush, not that I want to be shouting out other shows when nobody knows about my fucking show. But anyways, they had said that uh, Sarah Longo, the gym that Alec Kinta trains at, they don't really make large like tactical adjustments, the real thing that they try and train into people. If there's like a major, uh, major happening, like something bad happens, they just try and train more aggression into the person. We saw that kind of here. And if you do that to Bobby Green, he's going to fucking style on you. And he did. And he fucking styled on it. It's like, no, ah, dude, it's just such a fun. It's like, if you can find this fight anywhere, Anywhere, just go back and watch it. Bobby Green's so fun to watch, and when he's doing his thing, so definitely, definitely worth the watch. I picked Bobby Green, by the way. Um, moving on, Alex Pahea in the TKO flying knee punches against uh, Michaelidis here. And, yeah, I mean, he spent a good portion of the first round on his back. Uh, Michaelidis is not really known to be a grappler, though somebody said he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Not really sure where his black belt comes from. Um, but, anyways, it's middleweight, too. So, yeah, uh, Pea knocked his dude out with a flying knee. And... Honestly, he's going to move up. If he can make small incremental improvements in his ability to get up or stop takedowns, he will make he will get to fighting Derek Brunson, and uh, that will be the real that will be the real crossroads bout between him and uh, to see if he can stop a takedown or like Marvin Vittori or Jack Manson, those three people. I don't care about if you can't stop a takedown from any of those people, then I don't really care about anybody else. Honestly, especially when we're talking about a 34 year old kickbox, glory kickboxer who's like number one power for power in the world and, you know, high expectations. He's, you know, 
the expectations are high is they want him to fight Adesanya. So there's that. Lightweight belt. Moving on, I should say. Justin Gagey defeats Michael Chandler by decision here. What an absolute war. I can't really, it's not really much you can say other than Michael Chandler almost finishes Justin Gagey in the first round. And then, you know, gets hit with that fucking disgusting fucking uppercut. Like, I can only remember, like, moments of this bout because just, like, so much happened, so much violence, so much everything. I picked Justin Gagey, who won, but we all won. One decision, whatever I thought, right? Anyways, yeah. I would imagine Justin Gagey gets a title shot. After this, so. I don't have much else to add. Uh, Michael Chandler is now one and two in the USC. But only fighting the league competition, so. He's, for all the fights, that guys, he's better than people will ever give him credit for. He's better than everyone will ever give him credit for. So, yeah. Anyways, moving on, Shane Burgos. Uh, Billy Quarantillo. I think I said this last week when I was seeing the pod. Uh, Jane Burgos has won this type of fight like so many times in the UFC, and he did it again. And this was probably the most dangerous form of that matchup to get touched up a lot by Billy Quarantillo. But Billy Quarantillo is not a puncher even though he did sting Burgos a couple of times, in, especially early in the first round. But, you know, Burgos makes his, not even makes his reads. He just kind of hulks forward, hits him with that right, hits him with that right hand, starts to gain the momentum. Quarantillo can't keep his pace. The body punching, the leg kicks, the leg kicks is what really did it too. Quarantilla had nothing from his opposite stance and the body punching. Great stuff from Burgos late. Not great, really. As per usual, in my mind, when I think about Burgos. But I think he's reached his uh, ceiling, unfortunately, as a fighter. And it's still very fun. But, yeah, I don't... And I will also add, I don't think fighters like Billy Quarantillo or, you know, until Burgos is completely washed, will ever beat Shane Burgos. It's like, you can't be like a low power, high volume striker in like the ways that like Billy Quarantillo is. You have to be like more, there has to be more than just that, you know, has to be more layered. If that makes any sense, folks. But moving on, Frank Edgar gets KO'd via front kick in a fight he could have won. But that's just sour grease for me because I had a little Kishula on this one. But, um, yeah, Marlon Vero's a dick. He's only becoming more and more of a dick in cage. And, yeah. 
it's not out of character for the Eclic deck. I guess that's not what I should be focusing on, but this is a fan picking pod. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. Frankie gets that takedown in the first round. It's uh, it's not even guaranteed because it's like Cheeto is so violent from bottom. That's one of the things that I remember most vividly from this fight because I didn't go back and like watch it or anything. But yeah, nasty front kick knockout. Um, typical Cheeto stuff though. Go down early. Finish late. <sighs> Frank maybe should hang it up because he's not going to. If he doesn't beat Marlon Vera, there's not really any one in the top 15 of bantamweights I think he could beat at this point. But that's just that's just my little opinion. That's just that old me. Then we have Rose Namajunas defeating. Uh, Zhang Weili via split decision, and this was, I don't want to say tactical, I feel like I was surprised at how hard it was for Zhang to get up off of her back at times, and I scored this fight a draw, and the first three were out. I think the most true scorecard, I should say, is draw. The first three rounds are for Zhang Weili. And then the fourth is for Rose. And then the fifth is a draw. The fifth is a 10-8 for Rose because Zhang Weili laid on her back for an entire round. You can't do that. But that's just me. I don't have any... I can't think of really big moments other than like when... Rose gets, like, hurt against the fence and stuff and that type of thing. But, yeah. Um, I'm not super hurt about the decision or anything either way. I thought either it could go either way at all. People are upset. thought Zhang Weili won. But I think it is what it is. It is what it is, as Max Holloway would say. So, that's where we're at. Uh, I picked Zhao Weili last week. I picked Frank Edgar. Not a great week for picks. Not a terrible one either. I've next one I picked Kamara Usman over Colin Covington. That's correct. Uh, a little disappointed from Usman here. Uh, yeah, I mean he did hurt. Colby badly very early, like in the second round, basically knocked him out twice. So, it from that regard, as someone who doesn't like Colby, that was good. But, like, I don't know. Guy just, it seems like Colby is always going to be a fighter that has, like, his number in a way, even though he's beaten him twice. Just guy, he's always going to have difficulty with, I guess. And then, also the takedown thing. This is not wrestling. This is not Taekwondo. This is not Muay Thai. This is not kickboxing. It's not boxing. This is mixed martial arts. They have entirely different rules for what it is 
for a takedown, dude. Okay? Look at the rules. Just look at the rules. I know it's not entirely clear, but nothing is in this sport. Okay? And, like, those, it doesn't, it's so inconsequential either way, but it's just so frustrating when you hear someone who's a multiple-time champion talk about, that's takedown. It's like, dude, this isn't Olympic or, you know, freestyle wrestling. I know some people, Olympic wrestling, they're going to crucify me if they heard that, but, but, yeah, come on, man. It's not the same rule set. But that's all I have to say for a fantastic card. Kind of, honestly, kind of hit a lull for me towards the end. But I know probably many people don't feel the same way as I do. But we're going to move on to this week's card, which is UFC uh, Rodriguez versus Holloway, which should be kind of a... Excited beating, and I'll try to be quicker about this week. Okay, see you in the next segment. He gonna get smoked. He gonna get smoked. He got nothing left fire in his chest. All right, segment three. Let's go. Quick, 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 quick. All right. UFC Holloway versus Rodriguez, starting from bottom to top. Let's go. Don Dong taking on Kenny and Jukul. Uh, dude, I really don't want to pick Kenny and Jukul, and I really don't want to pick Don Dong. Dong Dong, or sorry, I'm not sure entirely which way because it has both ways on the. The actual article thing that I'm looking at, but I want to say that I'm going to pick Don Jung just entirely based off of wrestling. And Kitty Unjuku is a human punching bag, even if he has a credit chin. But man, I would stay away from this fight if you're betting just because John lost to, I mean, didn't lose. He had a draw with Sam Alvey. And that is just no bueno. We don't like that in any way. In any way, shape, or form, we don't like that. So, yeah. Stay away. And then we have a fight between Mark Diacase versus Rafael Alves in the lightweight division. Man, my gut is really leaning towards Diacase, but I think I'm picking Alves here. He's really on the upswing, I think, in terms of confidence. Um, I think he's fighting, but at least fighting more frequently. And, like, he's fought this year, at least. He fought Demir Ismagulov. Yeah. Diakese. I mean... He's coming off of losing to Fiziev, which isn't too bad, but... Oh, man. Yeah, I just think the the physicality is really going to match up well. I don't think DKC is deep anywhere, technically. 
And I think as a boxer, Alves is just a little bit deeper there. And that's where he's going to want to stay. And while DKC is a physical wrestler and Demir Ismagulov was able to wrestle Alves, I don't know if he's going to have the same success. So the pick is Alves. I imagine he would be the underdog in this scenario. Let's get the odd shark up real quick, guys. Real quick. Producer! Sorry, guys. So, for the last one, Injuku is the plus 110 underdog to Jadung. Uh, it's minus 143 favorite. Alves is the plus 120 underdog to DKC's minus 138 favorite. Moving on, we have Courtney Casey taking on uh, Liana Jojua. Uh, this is another one where I'm going to pick Jojua. She's looked more and more consistent and confident on the feet, even though she got her nose busted up by Miranda Maverick. Uh, Courtney Casey is a 9-9 fighter currently, and while she is extremely physical, especially for uh, women's 125, she continually makes the same errors, never makes adjustments, and has been the same fighter throughout her career and is susceptible to herself to being submitted by armbar. So I'm pick I'm picking I believe the armbar princess. I think that's her nickname. Might be confusing her with somebody else, but Jojo is the pick. She's the underdog. Plus one on seventy five is that women's uh flyway. Uh Courtney Casey is a minus two oh seven favorite. Next fight we have Colin Aglin taking on uh, Sean Woodson. Uh, Carl Aglin was the first person to fight Milsik Bagdasarian in the UFC. Did relatively well till I think he was finished. Uh, yep. Sean Woodson um, got finished by Julian Rosa. Uh, I feel like Colin Aglin has like some of the same metrics that Arosa does, but I'm going to pick Woodson here to have like a little bit of a bounce back. I'm going to pick him to have learned a little bit, at least from his setbacks. Um, I know that may have not been really indicative in the Yusuf's wall fight, but I think we'll, we'll see a little bit of a better Sean Woodson in this fight. I think Al Aglin's a little bit of an awkward fighter on the feet and might get to see him, uh, Sean Woodson tee off on him later on, especially when, uh, Aglin is just shooting for takedowns. So the pick is, uh, Woodson. He's the minus 260 favorite. Aglin is the plus 215 underdog. Next fight, Miguel Baeza is taking on, um, Walter White Bout. 
uh, taking on Chaos Williams. Man, um, I'll tell you right out the box, Galvez is the favorite. I'm not really sure why. Um, In all honesty, I feel like Chaos Williams has fought better competition in the UFC and done better against them. And, like, Miguel Baeza has basically gotten out by the skin of his teeth multiple times in fights. So I'm picking Chaos Williams. He's the plus 115 favorite. I expect if he does win, it's going to be by KO. I um I don't know if Miguel Baeza can be cowed. I don't know if that will work in his favor necessarily. He does have some submission skill. Don't know if grappling will come into this. The low calf kick, I imagine, will make a large amount of appearances here. But I imagine, you know, low calf kick, timed right hand from when just uh, sends Baeza to the canvas, and we're cashing, boys. This is what I'm actually putting money on, I'll tell you right out. Not a lot. Maybe a unit. Next, we're... I'm not trying to disrespect either of these women, but I expect this one to not be very good. Cynthia Val- Calvillo taking on Andrea Lee. It's basically pick a mods, minus 125, minus 105. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Jeez. Uh, I'm going to pick Andrea Lee because I think she's more physically capable than Calvillo. But that's basically it here, folks. I don't. They're not very comfortable on the feet. Calvillo misses so much. It's ridiculous. Um, but, yeah. That's, that's all the only real read I've got on that one, folks. I would stay away. Next up, we have Tiago Moises taking on uh, Joel Alvarez. I'm picking I'm picking Moises because I'm pretty sure Joel Alvarez can only has only wins like really by like finish. Like in in particular, I think it's like by uh, like submission. Maybe I'm wrong because he. Yeah, he looks to be primarily a grappler. He's fighting Tiago Moises, folks. So, he. one thing I will say, Alvarez is a big dude. He's a big, big, big dude. For, especially for uh, 155. He looked like he was towering over Joe Duffy when they fought. But he looks to grapple from his back. And that is uh, just, I mean, so does Moises, but... He's fought better competition in the UFC, and except for Ismagulov, who I, I mean I know Moises fought. Um, what's his face? Markinchev lost by naked choke, but that's just Lomachev. He also lost to Ismogulov. Yeah. It's almost like that Demir Ismogulov guy is really good. But anyways, getting back to this bout. 
Moises is the favorite. Rios 222 plus 165 on Alvarez. There might be some uh, value there, honestly, though. I'd always said, always going to try and grapple, but, you know, if you're if we're picking straight up, who knows, really? Especially, I'll give you the fucking size parody right now. Moises is 5'9". Alvarez is 6'3". So, let that sink in, folks. Uh, Moises is a 70 and a half inch reach. Alvarez has a 77 inch reach. Yeah. He's he's a big boy. Moving on, we have a featherweight fight between Song and or bantamweight bantamweight fight between uh Song and Dong and uh Julio Arce. Is Song and Dong a bantamweight or no wait? I think he's a bantamweight. I'm not gonna check. Anyways, I'm gonna pick your dog. He's the more physical guy. Uh, Arce typically loses to people who are uh, capable strikers, but also have the physicality to go along with that. I know his best, but the best one of his career is Shaman Morais, but that's Shaman Morais. And yeah, so talking dogs to pick. Someone needs to get him away from Uriah Faber. That's all I'll say. Probably by knockout. Or say isn't that durable. Uh, Roman Delite, Kyle Dawkins is off. Next, we have Leia Letson taking on Felicia Spencer. Gotta be honest, guys. Know nothing about Leia Letson. Looked at her a little bit uh, the other day. Has a cool nickname, Leia Nidus. Uh, she's five and one. She beat Julia Stolarenko, who is a woman I've heard of. She beat Elizabeth Phillips, a woman I've heard of. You know, she's beaten women I've heard of before, but I don't think she's gonna beat Felicia Spencer. I mean, who's proven herself to not be a world beater, even if like. She's taken on beatings from Amanda Nunes and Cyborg. I don't think that's proven that she's really like any type of uh, special type of talent. But the pick's going to be Spencer here. She's the minus uh, 330. Three favorite to Letson's plus 240 underdog. That's women's featherweight. It's the one we all like, right? Next, we have Marcos Rogerio de Lima taking on Ben Rothwell. And this is another short one. These last two ones, this whole episode is real short. I'm sorry, guys, if you want a long boy, but... I'm picking Ben Rothwell because he can fight for longer than a round. Uh, he can fight for a round and a half. But, yeah. As long as he survives the first round, which I suspect, 
He will be able to because he has bear DNA. Uh, I suspect he will win. And the volume, and he's actually a better grappler. And I know we haven't seen this stuff, and he looks completely and utterly washed, but how much does that matter when you're fighting a heavyweight like the Lima? We're about to see. Rothwell is the minus 175 favorite to the Lima's plus 135 underdog. Moving on. The pick is Max Holloway. Yair Rodriguez does a whole bunch of spinning stuff. Uh, the opening here is kicks. I don't think Yair has enough focus on kicking people's legs that I think it's would be a problem. He doesn't attack, have enough attritive attacks at all levels. And it's hard to kick people when they're in your face all the time, too. So the picks is Max Holloway, minus 450 favorite. Yair Rodriguez is plus 300 underdog. That's this week's episode, guys. That's eight episodes. And uh, thanks for listening. And do your best to try not and get smoked. Gonna get smoked with just one round.